You talking to me? This week at the movies, we've got witches, and we've got babies, and we've got SD cards. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are running down the big new releases at the uh, box office this weekend. And it starts with one that we have been looking forward to for a while since we learned its real title. And it's called Blair Witch. What is that? The guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the Black Hills woods. I think that might be my sister. You really think your sister could still be out there after all these years? If there is any chance that I could find out what happened to her, I need to try. Legend said there's been a curse on these woods. Do you believe in the stories about the Blair Witch? Oh my god. It's called Blair Witch now, but it didn't start out that way. No, uh, they started sneaking out, uh, Adam Wingard, the director, started sneaking out little bits of the film, but it was called The Woods at the time. He pulled the old switcheroo because they didn't want people to realize that he had made a sequel to the 1999 found footage classic, The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, we were both we're both still big fans of The Blair Witch Huge. Project. Huge! It's hard to watch it now after nearly 20 years of bad found footage movies and, and uh, cheesy viral marketing gimmicks to watch it in that original context that was so great. But I, and I, you are too, we're still fans of the movie, so we were excited about what they might do with the sequel, and I think the little title switcheroo is it was an early indication that they were onto something here. They know they're not going to be able to recreate what the first one did because it was in another time. It was in everybody believed at least for a while, or maybe thought they might believe. Was it true? Was it real? Is this real found footage? And it just created a firestorm that is never going to be replicated. But they did just a little bit of that, had that fun with the title switch, and got people like us excited. So that was a good, I think, early indication that the instincts of the filmmakers, not only Wingard, but his longtime collaborator, writer Simon Barrett, were onto something here. And um, I think they are. They, they started out, it, it picks up with, if you remember Heather, uh, at the end of the first Blair Witch, uh, she was one of the three that disappeared, where now her brother... James thinks he sees her in a strange online video. So he tracks down the original poster of the video and the guy who says that uh, that was footage that he found on a tape that he found in the woods in Maryland, the Black Hills Forest, the same woods where Heather and her friends Josh and Mike went missing. So James uh, dissembles his own little group of four and uh, they go in with cameras and they actually hook up with Lane, the guy who who posted the video, and he wants to come as well, along with his girlfriend. So they end up having six people go in the forest camping out and looking for, they're really looking for the house because they think that's where, James thinks that's where Heather may be. Uh, and so they start camping out, and of course, strange things start happening. Yeah, and, and it's a funny thing because, as, as you were saying earlier, I think people who complain about the original film, what they say is, nothing happened. And you know what? That's That's not untrue. It's just especially just the atmosphere that it created it was but like you say you can't recreate that so for those of you who are worried nothing happened it does stuff happens in this one it takes a little while to get going and they do a lot of of callbacks to the original which they would have to do and they do them quite well but then about you know it, it starts to pick up about a third of the way into the film and then by the final act it's just 
just all out chaos. Yeah, they do uh, uh, the good the good uh, homage, I guess. Not really homage, but honoring what made the first one uh, so chilling. Uh, because once the the people are in the woods, a lot of the same things start happening to them, which makes sense if we're dealing with the same witch. She would do the same things, like twigs and stones and loud noises at night. Uh, but it amps it up just a little. It does uh, the the jump scares, the loud noises are more frequent and louder and louder. But then the <laughs> film throws in a little line that kind of lets you know that we know this is not what you're here for uh, and there's more to come. So I think it's smart in that way. And then, like you say, once it moves on, once they get to the house, buckle down yeah. because uh, things start happening and it becomes a real scary, tense, and fun. It was It's fun. Yeah. The kind of ride. I mean, the kind where you're just sort of climbing back farther into your seat. Yeah. like ah! Especially if you have one certain phobia that I do. I was squirming in my seat plenty. It's funny because I have two. I have two phobias and both of them are on full display in this movie. <laughs> it's like they wrote it just to scare me. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's they, they, they ramp it up. So the action is, is more once they get into that house and you start, you know, it's filmed a lot of it, uh, like the original, is filmed through the point of view of a video camera. And uh, once you get in there and there's not much light, there's not much of a light source, you, you just start scanning every corner of the screen for, you know, a way out. Is that a door? Or oh, what's down that hall? Or is that someone standing in the corner? Or maybe even worse, because you do get to, uh. get to see more this time. And uh, all in all, I was, you know, I was excited. We were both excited for this movie. And I think we, we left there pleasantly surprised. I right. thought it was a solid, Agreed. solid effort, Agreed. a solid way to take a, a horror movie staple now, really one that's become quite the... A debate subject over the years and really revive it in a nice solid way. Yes. So yeah, Blair Witch, one of the leading new releases this week and also one that I guess I wasn't paying that much attention. I didn't even know this was coming until a few weeks ago. It is the latest in the Bridget Jones now trilogy called Bridget Jones's Baby. So there I was, surrounded by my friends and all ready for my happy ever after. At least, that's how I pictured it. The reality was much more single. Still, not to dwell on the negatives, many positives to note. I'm absolutely loving my new life. And my love life is showing signs of improvement. Aside from one tiny development, I'm pregnant. Oh no, Bridget, who's the father? This is Mark's. There's at least a 50% chance. A 50% chance? Did you have a three-way? Yeah, I'm not sure why you didn't know this was coming. I Wasn't think all the rest of us did. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wasn't paying attention. I'm I didn't... not sure it was necessary. I'm just saying we knew that it was coming. I didn't see the second one. Yeah, it's uh, the second one is inferior. The first one, you know, uh, there is so much charm and charisma among the three principals in the first that film. That helps, yeah. Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, and Renee Zellweger. And and it's it's a fun premise, and they do a nice job, but it's a little bit dated at this point. And one of the things that I think I really liked about the third act is that they let Bridget Jones kind of find her way a little bit. Because if it's still just a 90 minutes of her pratfalls and her, you know, being an idiot, you know, that just gets tiresome. It's nice to think that by the time she hits middle age that maybe she's got a little bit more going for her. And she does. And Zellweger is great. You know, um, we haven't seen her in much lately. She does a lot of sort of throwaway, not very good roles, which is unfortunate because, she, well, she's an Oscar winner. She's she a is, very yeah. talented performer. And one of the things that I think is great about her is she's got great, exceptional comic timing. 
and um, and you see that again in this film and um, replacing the Hugh Grant sort of on the on the Hugh Grant point of the love triangle is McDreamy Patrick Dempsey right the and other one, Colin Firth, though, is back. He is he back. Is Mr. Darcy, which I still think is funny. That's oh, his right, name. because that's right. That's what he's famous for. Yeah. That's what he got famous for was uh, Jane Austen. Yeah, so he's one of the one of the two is the father of Bridget Jones's upcoming baby. In None this. of the three know. None of the three know. And I guess they won't have the test. She's afraid of needles. She's afraid of needles. So that's a little bit convenient, isn't it? <laughs> if they really want to know. But uh, yes. It would have been a much shorter film. It would have been. But, uh, <laughs> but they have some fun. I thought what was good is they have some fun with the point that, you know what? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe these guys are both kind of idiots and not really worth her worrying about. Maybe you know she- what? You just bite your tongue. Colin Firth is not an idiot. Let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, yeah, I was rooting for Colin Firth. But I'm saying... They <laughs> I mean, I think they make Patrick Dempsey a likable enough character, but you're right. I mean, what to, your, to your point exactly. that she's got her act together, that maybe yeah. she doesn't need... No, right. In the in the first two, there was there was so much at stake with her. Which one will she end up with? And in this one, which is... Well, you're right. It's very nice. The whole time, you're like, or she could be fine on right. her own. There's, you know, she would be fine. And there's also great supporting work and more evidence that Emma... Emma Thompson, every time she has a cameo, she just kills it. She does. She was one of the best things about an education oh, yes. years ago. Well, that was a very good film. And she had a small, tiny part and just killed it. Yeah. And in the same way, she does it here as uh, Bridget Jones's doctor. Right. Just delivering those lines with an eye roll and a bucket full of shade <laughs> that you just, she's great. And, and the, Jim, Broadbent, Jim Broadbent, who's always great. Yeah, always great. So, you know, in the if you're a fan of this this series you definitely want to check it out it'll bring a smile it's it's probably better than the second one the sure. edge of reason not so much as good as the first one but uh, at least it like you said it updates the theme a little bit hey she's she's gotten older we've all gotten older yeah. do we maybe have our stuff together here I a mean, little the, bit you more? know the satire is a little toothless and honestly it it almost already feels dated there's a big long gangdom style joke you think what <laughs> so it's it's a funny thing to watch a movie this current yeah. and think it already feels a little stale that, but but a little it's, curious. It, it does have some charm. Yeah, and will definitely bring a, bring a smile, especially if you already like this series. That's Bridget Jones's Baby. And the other big one this week, taking on a very, very serious and very important topic, it's the very serious and important Oliver Stone with Snowden. <laughs> How is this all possible? Think of it as a Google search, except instead of searching only what people make public, we're also looking at everything they don't. Emails, chats, SMS, whatever. Yeah, but which people? The whole kingdom, Snow White. The NSA is really tracking every cell phone in the world. Are they watching us? There's something going on inside the government that's really wrong, and I can't ignore it. I just want to get this data to the world. The government knows that we have these documents now. They're going to come for me. They're going to come for all of you, too. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you see this movie is done by Oliver Stone, to me, you expect a lot more bombast and a lot more bite than the film ends up having because obviously it's an incredibly important and relevant topic. It's about Edward Snowden, the whistleblower from the CIA and the NSA, who spilled all these all these secrets from his years working there and uh the, the performances are great joseph gordon levitt not only nails the look the, the voice yeah he really of right from snowden. the opening you're like well he's got that voice down yeah if you've seen any interviews with snowden or if you especially if you've seen the really great documentary from was it last year 
or two. I think years, it was two years two ago. Years ago, called Citizen Four. Yeah, which uh, some of this movie is based around. Yeah, and um, and they show the uh, they show that documentary being filmed. That's right. kind of the heart of this movie. Right. Uh, if you you know what what kind of issues we're dealing with here and how important they are and how in some scenes in this movie just just jaw dropping the scope of the of the surveillance and the scope of of the intrusion into people's lives that was going on it really just is is staggering but uh the way the movie is put together i think it just it surprised me especially considering again oliver stone that it didn't have more outrage to it yeah yeah you're exactly right i mean you've got a couple of scenes that have that sort of oliver stone feel about them but even those i think you're right i think that what this lacks is it is i think the outrage and part of it might be because snowden himself is such an incredibly dialed down character yeah. and i also and we talked about this too so shailene woodley who's very very talented plays snowden's girlfriend and we feel like they may have spent more time there than necessary but the more i think about it I think a lot of this is done to to bring some color into the film because Edward Snowden is not an animated feature character. He's and I not. think they tried to I think Stone tried to bring in some things, but at the same time, give the the film's tone had to kind of stay consistent with with the character himself. And so for that reason it's 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 a little flat. Yeah, it's it's a, a situation where even the movie is two hours and fifteen minutes, but sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes it felt like it was three hours long. Yeah. Uh, there's so much information here, and yeah. I and I understand bringing in all the scenes about his home life and and what he couldn't share with her and the strain that it had on his personal life. That that is important because it humanizes him as a character and it shows what he was going through. Totally understand that, but there's just so much here. It seemed to me after a while you've got to cut somewhere. You've no, got I to agree focus a little bit more. And maybe that would have been the place to do it. Although, I agree, Charlene Woodley, very good. Uh, and she brings out, fleshes out the character, mm-hmm. fine. But there's just, again, there's just so much material here and so much important It just needed to, to be more to. focused, I think. I mean, I think they, even when they talk about uh, what kind of turned him sour with his, his positions with the CIA, even that seemed sprawling. I think, you know, because there's sort of an episode where they they, they dupe this very nice man into kind of ruining his life so they get information out of him. We could have lost that part, you know? And then they, there is a bit about drone strikes as well, and I think all of that is fascinating and horrifying, and yet you've got too much material to cover why don't you just zero in on the surveillance and just leave the rest of it out yeah not that the other points as you said not that they're not outrageous there's just too much There's just too much there's just too much so in the end it's a very very thoughtful and and serious look at a very important topic but it just seems to need a a little more focus although the performances across the board are are first rate especially joseph Gordon-Levitt. starting with george joseph gordon levitt yeah very good so the recommendation hey also if you don't know it because he's not in the trailer there's a nicholas cage sighting in this movie and there's <laughs> and there's another one where we said it was pretty much needless it was absolutely needless. Character- actually it was one of those oliver stone characters it was the mentor type who just comes in and shares information it's it's very contrived and false and and his performance felt very inauthentic in a in a a landscape that did not yeah it didn't match could have easily lost that that character it's almost comic relief Uh, a little bit yeah as he generally is whether intentionally (laughs) or not so the big recommendation for this week is certainly Blair Witch and those are the new releases at least at the theater and a couple of 
worthy notes uh, out this week on DVD and VOD, and that starts with one you've probably heard of, Captain America <laughs> Civil War. So that's out this week. It was the biggest moneymaker for, I mean, most of this year. It had the, it had the. Um, so you've probably seen it. Yeah. It had the, the title of biggest moneymaker. A good one. A good one. I still think, I still don't think it was quite to the level of Winter Soldier, yeah. which I thought was a really, really good film. But I really feel like, especially in the box office sort of blockbusters, this summer was weak, mm-hmm. and that was a standout. Yeah, it was. It, it was fine. Just I, I don't think I don't think I agreed with some of the very, very, very glowing reviews. Sure, I don't think it was that good, but definitely worth checking out. And the other one out this week that we both liked enough is The Conjuring 2. Right, and it, you know, like most sequels, it, it suffers by comparison because the original The Conjuring is just one of my favorite, you know, uh, uh, practical effects, ghost in the house, jump scare movies. It's really well done. This one is a bit lesser. It's a bit, it's, it's not nearly to that level, but it's still a lot of fun. And you know what? Anything with a really scary nun gets an extra star from me. And especially if, you know, before you know it here, we're going to be in the Halloween season. That's right. And it's going to be scary movie sure. time. So you can definitely dial this one up. There's a costume, that no scary nun. Oh, the scary nun. <laughs> yeah, might have to get to work on that. So uh, let us know what you think. Keep the conversation going. As always, we are on Twitter. Uh, always up for it at Mad Wolf. That is M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And uh, we are on Facebook, Mad Wolf Columbus. And the overall website for all your movie reviews and more, that is Mad wolf.com thank you for checking us out uh, until next week i'm george wolf i'm hope madden and this is the screening room podcast see ya i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend for dinner <laughs>